November is National Diabetes Awareness Month, and more than 29 million children and adults in the U.S. have diabetes. However, only 5% of those are diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. We don't hear as much about it, but it's the one we heard about at first. And at the very beginning, my guest today is registered dietitian nutritionist Marina Chaparro. Welcome to the show, Marina. So when we talk about diabetes, we're typically hearing type 2, which used to be called adult onset, and now it's not because it's striking kids. But type 1 is the one we're talking about today. Tell us the difference. Absolutely, Melanie. And so happy to be here because, as you said, it's National Diabetes Awareness Month. And today, I think we're going to be discussing and making people aware of the differences of type 1 and type 2, right? Like you said, we hear the word diabetes and we all kind of panic or we hear, we think about overweight, being sedentary. However, this is entirely different in type 1 diabetes, especially in kids, because this is an autoimmune disease. So it happens quickly. We really don't know the cause of it. That's, that's really the striking part. And it, it has nothing to do with you being overweight with the way you eat or any of that. It's just an autoimmune disease. So the pictures and, and the intricacies of type 1 diabetes, especially in children. Imagine I, I sometimes have kids as small as six months of age that have been diagnosed with this difficult condition. Well, sure, it's not a lifestyle disease as type 2 is. And and they're saying that it's not even necessarily genetic, so you never quite know when those beta cells, when your pancreas is going to create this problem with insulin. So speak about what type 1 is and the symptoms, Marina, that people might spot in their children. So like you said, type 1, we really don't know the cause of it. I mean, there's a lot of millions of dollars that are currently being research in, in finding a cure or finding a little bit of why this happens. There's theories of maybe some environmental triggers, even some viruses that could be just exposing the pancreas or, or making it a weaker system. Uh, but it's important for people, especially for parents, to know what are some of the warning signs because, like I said, it could happen all of a sudden. So one of the first ones could be weight loss. Uh, especially in a child that maybe is not necessarily exercising more or trying to lose weight, uh, yet they're still losing weight unintentionally. Uh, another one could be constant urination, or let's say if they're wetting their bed all of a sudden, you know, they could be indicating that something could be wrong, and this is usually a sign of higher blood sugars. And along with this, a lot, a lot of thirst. So they're constantly drinking water. So it's difficult because sometimes you drink water, but then you have to go to the bathroom a little bit more, so it might be difficult to point what is it. Um, it could also be, you know, blurry vision that they might be complaining of, you know, their head hurts or they're seeing funny or it's just not quite right, um, even just being nauseous or, or vomiting. So these could be common signs for any kid that just all of a sudden, you know, they have the flu or something, but combined that's where we really want to take take a look and listen to our kids and definitely take them to a pediatrician. Absolutely. So if they get it diagnosed based on glucose tests and the pediatrician, it becomes a lifestyle disease after it's diagnosed, doesn't it, Marina? Because you have to be a type A personality to keep those blood sugar levels. It can be a really dangerous and difficult to live with disease, but give us some of your best advice on living with diabetes type 1. 
You know, it's, it's, I deal with this every day. Uh, I see families go through the diagnosis. I myself, I'm a type one diabetic, so I know firsthand kind of what goes on to this. And, and with everything, it's a lot of education. Uh, the good thing about diabetes is that nowadays you can lead a perfectly healthy life and there's nothing that's stopping you compared to before, right? Where maybe the life expectancy wasn't, wasn't the greatest because we don't have as many advances as we do have right now. So initially it's always going to be hard, but the good part about it is that there's so much more advances and there's so much support from a lot of families and for a lot of organizations that deal with it. So uh, a great quote from, from, I think, Mary Tyler Moore, who also happens to have type 1, is, you know, we, we try to be mathematicians because we're doing a lot of calculations, then we're physicians at the same time, that we're dietitians because we need to calculate food. So we're all of this together all at once. So it's definitely challenging, but there's always hope and it's perfectly fine to lead a normal life. So I applaud you for coming out and speaking about this. And, and wow, I didn't realize that. And as you say, it can be challenging. You're a physician and you're checking blood sugars all the time. And you're, you know, you really have to be so many, wear so many hats to keep this under control. Where does exercise fit in the picture? Because we know with type 2 diabetes, exercise can really help keep it under control. But with type 1, it can help, but yet it has to be very well tolerated at the same time. And so speak about exercise a little bit. Correct. So unlike type 2 diabetes, where exercise really is fundamental to helping prevent even the onset of diabetes, in type 1, is, like with anybody, like with any human being, exercise, you know, it's important for everyday health. But it's definitely going to be interesting to learn what exercise does to your body. And everybody's different because exercise could even drop your blood sugars, and that could be really scary in children. Uh, or sometimes it could even raise your blood sugars. So I always encourage my kiddos or even my young adults and my adults to continue exercising as part of daily life because it's going to help you maintain better control. But we're just going to educate you, and we're going to learn a little bit more on maybe checking a little bit more, maybe having a snack before you exercise and checking throughout the day just to make sure that you're not dropping too much or even making adjustments in your medication when you're about to exercise. What do you think are the most important bits of advice about eating and keeping track of those blood sugars? Because people say, oh, I can't have fruit. It's got, you know, way too high a sugar. I'll have, a, I'll have a problem. And so what do you tell people every day and what do you do yourself the most important eating advice with type 1? You know, I always like to give this advice just as a general perspective that, I mean, diabetes is not going to define you, right? You just happen to have diabetes. You just happen to have a, a slow pancreas. But you're not going to be any different. So you can continue enjoying, you know, the, the delicacies of life that everybody likes once in a while. But we're definitely going to teach you how to manage your blood sugars when you're occasionally having that pizza or when it's your birthday and when you're going to have that birthday cake. So we're always going to do it in moderation, right? Because definitely if we have birthday cakes every single day, not only are our waists going to be bigger, but our control is going to be more challenging. So balance is going to be the key, not just for people with diabetes, but 
for everybody. And, and it's not going to define you. So it's, you just happen to be a person that just their pancreas is a little bit slow, yet we're still going to lead the same lifestyle, healthier lifestyle even, that you would have led. So in just the last minutes, Marina, give us your best advice, tips for living and managing and what you tell people every single day. So nutrition is going to be absolutely crucial. So definitely, definitely talking to a registered dietitian, nutritionist who can help you manage what you like to eat and make sure that your blood sugars are still under control. And also talking to a certified diabetes educator who's even an expert in everything that has to do with diabetes. Um, Also, I would say use technology. I mean, technology is now our best friend, and let's use that to our advantage to look at different apps, to look at different medical devices that can just make life a little bit easier. And number three, educate. I mean, we're always, always learning, and there's always new things coming around. So, keeping yourself at the forefront, asking your doctor, researching, and always learning. Thank you so much for listening to Eat Right Radio with our great friends from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. For more information, you can go to eatright.org. That's eatright.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening, and stay well.